Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. Let's give Pastor Jeff a great round of applause. Don't you love people that love God and people, people of passion? Pam and I are so happy to be here tonight and uh, with Pastor AJ and his beautiful wife and family. Glad you're feeling better, right? And uh, with all the other great ministers that are with us tonight. And uh, boy, this place is uh, power packed with the Holy Spirit. So there's no excuse for anybody leaving here without receiving from God. Amen. Amen. So, honey, come on up and greet them. Come on up. It's my wife, Pam. She keeps me straight. Good evening. <laughs> it's so good to be back at Love and Truth um, with um, Savannah and Adamsville campus and our good friends, Pastor AJ and Crystal and Pastors Jeff and Tammy Butler. We love these people so much. And we always look forward to coming back to Love and Truth. And man, like my husband said, this is just power packed and faith, so much faith, you can just feel it. And um, our prayer for you is that you receive everything that God's got for you in these next two nights. And we know that to receive anything from God, you've got to have faith. There were two things that Jesus marveled at, unbelief and belief. The unbelief of the Jews and the belief of the Gentiles. And so we know that in order to receive anything from God, it takes faith. Because when you see Jesus didn't do great miracles, he said it was because of their unbelief. And so even for myself, you know, I've been praying, God, I don't want to miss you. I want everything that you have for my life. And I know I have faith. I have a lot of faith in God. So the Lord's been teaching me that it takes more than faith to receive from God. That's only a part of it. It takes awareness. I am a busy person. When I'm home, I'm a Martha. <laughs> I'm one of these people. I've always got to be doing something. And in this day and age when we have so many distractions with our cell phones and all of our gadgets, and the Lord's been teaching me to slow down in order to receive from God, it takes awareness. And so you see in the Bible where Jacob was in the wilderness and he went to sleep and he had a dream and he woke up the next morning and said, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. And then we see Moses in the wilderness and when he's going to check out the bush, well, there was nothing miraculous about a burning bush because it is consumable, it's wood, right? The miracle was in the bush wasn't being consumed, but to see that took paying attention, right? And so I don't want you to miss what God's doing. So we need to be sensitive. We need to be aware. 
we need to slow down for that still small voice because a lot of times God isn't in the thunder. He's in that still small voice. Amen. And then the last thing I'll say is that the last two months in our whole married life, I don't think we've had so many people that we're close to going through so much at the same time. We've had several tragedies in our family. Um, a lot of people that were close to and love going through cancer and different things. And as I was praying for them, you know, a lot of times uh, we say things with good intentions and there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, we tell people, hold on, your breakthrough's coming, hold on. But the Lord's been teaching me to let go and to receive what God wants from us. Sometimes we've got to learn to release and let go of some things because God is doing a new thing. Amen. We love you guys. We're so excited to be here. God bless you. Amen. Well, I'm not going to sing much tonight. Don't you love her? Remember growing up, none of us could sing. We were kids. And they get up there, and I remember those Pentecostal churches. The, the women that get up and sing a special knew they couldn't sing. So they'd get up and give you that line, don't listen to the voice, listen to the words. <laughs> the men were the same way, right? No, the men actually were more confident and they were worse singers. <laughs> Amen. Well, well, let me see. Help me out. Where was my brother? Help me out, good brother. She wants to, this thing wants to come down on me. See what I mean? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I feel like the Carol Burnett show here for some reason. <laughs> I feel like I'm Mr. Tudball or... <laughs> But when Pastor Jeff was up there talking about how God healed his, his wife, Tammy, something special is going to happen tonight. And this little chorus I wrote many years ago just came back to my mind. I just feel like I want to sing it. I will remember what the Lord has done. I will remember what the Lord has done. I won't forget all the times you spoke peace to my mind and hope was reborn in my life. I
one more time. I to the Lord. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalms 121. Psalms 121. If you have it on the screen, yeah. I want you to just open up your mouth and read it out loud. Come on, go ahead. Yes. 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 Beautiful. Yes. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. You believe that? Sure you do. It's alive in you, isn't it? I want to talk to you for a few moments. Uh, I want to call this uh, uh, miracle impressions. Everybody say miracle impressions. Has miracles made an impression on you? Has the goodness of God made an impression on you? Do you have impressions of God in your mind and in your life tonight? Amen. We focus on wounds and scars. <laughs> Why not start thinking about some good impressions that God has made on your life? Amen. So the business of life is to, for you and I to live well. And live life adequately, abundantly. And I notice it's a principle of human nature that we are, we are long on analysis and short on synthesis. In other words, we analyze, we analyze, we analyze, and focus, focus, focus on why this has happened and why this is happening, why we're going through this. 
And uh, we're just kind of short on putting it all together and saying that all things, no matter what, all things work together for good to them that are in Christ Jesus and are called according to his purpose. Amen. So what does that really mean? Long on analysis and short on synthesis. Well, it means this. I believe we have dissected life and we have desiccated it in the process. I believe we have picked the flowers of life to pieces, petal by petal. And I believe we have lost the beauty of life in the process. Because I've noticed the change that has come over Christianity in the last 25 years. And as I kind of break it down like this. We have handed the body over to the doctor. We've handed the mind over to the psychiatrist. And we've handed the soul over the, to the minister. So what we've been doing is that we've been treating these parts as though they were separate entities when they're not. We are mind, soul, and body, and spirit. Amen? And we are one. Life will never be abundant unless you have abundant resources. And it's obvious to you and I that an organism cannot expend more energy than it takes in from without. So the question is, what does that word or that concept of without represent? An organism cannot expend more energy than what it takes in from without. So we've got to think of the without here for just a moment. What does that without consist of? Is it just physical nature? Is that the without? Or is it just a human society alone? Is that the only without that you and I have? Or is there a third dimension in addition to the within and the around? I got to say that again because that's got to drop in your, your being here. Is there a third dimension in addition to the within and the without or the around? In other words, is there an above? I will lift up my eyes. Many people have decided that there's no above for them. Or at least they've decided there's not an above for them to contact. And because of that, they have short-circuited their life to the within and the around. But to their dismay, they find out that the within and the around does not provide or has not provided the abundant resources that they expected to receive. In fact, instead of resources, they got resistance. Because the within is clashing, and the without is contradicting. So you got the resources pulling against one another. If you don't have within you that which is above you, then you will end up surrendering to all that is without, around you. 
If you don't have within you that which is above you, then you will give up, quit, throw in the town, surrender to all that is around you. Therefore, you will be circumstance-minded, circumstance-driven. All you will consider is your circumstances, and all you will be thinking of is your circumstances. So you'll become circumstance-driven, circumstance-conditioned, and circumstance-fed. And eventually, you're going to grow up and grow anemic and tired and throw in the towel. And... Science has reference to that which can be weighed and measured. Christianity has reference to that which can be evaluated. So you have the one reference to the quantitative aspects of life and the other reference to the qualitative aspects of life. Science comes to a mother's tear. And science defines that mother's tear in scientific terms. In a physical structure, it has so much salt, so much water, and so much mucus. But you have to ask yourself, is that an adequate definition of a mother's tear? See, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. See, carnally minded, you don't have any hope. Carnally minded, you, you just brush your tears away and hope and something will give you the strength to make it through another day. It's only mucus, it's only water, and it's only salt to the natural eye, to the natural man. But God looks and sees. That mother's tears, even in a physical structure, and he can see the story behind the tears, the ideas, the dreams, the broken heart, the vision. That's why man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. Here's the cry of the heart. He heard the cry of Bartimaeus. Oh, my God, somebody's getting a miracle tonight. Somebody that feels like you've been rejected by society. Somebody that feels like people's given up on you. They told Bartimaeus, hold your peace. He has no time for you. But he cried the more a great deal, the Bible says. And he cried so long and so loud until Jesus just said, hold it, hold it. Shh, shh. And he heard the cry. And he said, who's, oh, it's that blind man. They said, go bring him here. Bring him here. You see, that's the God you serve. See, you are sitting in this pew tonight, and you're wondering, is God going to help me? I can tell you right now, he'll walk through hell and high water. He'll climb every mountain. He'll go to the deepest pit to get a hold of you, heal you, and change you and save you. So quit wondering and quit hoping and just start confessing. Tonight's my night. Tonight's my night. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. 
Oh, I feel like going crazy here tonight. <laughs> you see, that's, that's the difference between God. God evaluates the imponderables. He's on your side. He wants to heal you more than you want to be healed. He wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. He wants to save your marriage you more than you want to save. He wants to save your drug addict son and your lost daughter even more than you wanted them saved. And I know you love them and I know you want them saved. But I'm telling you, your love doesn't compare to God's love. It's everlasting. It's not moody. It's not battling doubt. It's not battling fatigue. It's not battling bitterness. For God so loved the world because God is love. People refer to uh, spirituality as subjective. And I want you to think about this. People refer to spirituality as subjective. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, the way I understand subjective. But I want to examine the word subjective here for a moment. In its general term... The word subjective means to, to designate the method by which we experience a given object. So here's what I mean. My eyes can fall on. I can go in a Bass Pro shop or anything and I can go to some fisherman's office. I've been there many times. And I can see this big old fish stuffed and hanging on the wall that's an object and if all I do is allow myself to be subjected to the natural that ain't going to do anything for me but God has blessed me with senses that start from my soul. Touch. Taste. <laughs> oh, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. You understand me tonight? Oh, taste, that's the sense. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, that's what I'm saying. I can see that fish hanging on the wall, and that's, a, that's, that's an object. But because God has given me the sense of touch, taste, feel, and seeing, I can <laughs> take an impression of that fish. If I have fished before, I can actually look on the wall and have an experience of fishing again just by looking at that object. <laughs> All the impression side of that experience of that fish, how it looks, how it smells, how it tastes, how it feels, its beauty or its ugliness is my subjective experience of that object my total response to that fish is called subjective 
But here's the part you're really going to like. I can travel a thousand miles away from that fish. In fact, I can travel a thousand miles away from all fish where there's not one fish around. And something could trigger my faith. Something could renew <laughs> my impression of that particular fish. I might be in a restaurant where there's no fish around. I'm a thousand miles away. And somebody, I, I might just hear the word marlin. And all of a sudden, all my senses come alive. I can feel it. I can taste it. I can, I can see it. I can, I, can, I can smell it. Do you understand what I'm saying here tonight? Something can trigger my senses to be renewed. And I'm having an experience impression of that fish all over again. Without an external object... I can have the same experience that I originally had with that fish. And the good thing about it, it's all beautiful, purely subjective. You see, there was a, there was a man, a young man that had this subjective experience with Jesus. While everybody around him was pointing their fingers and said, I think he's a devil. I think he's a false prophet. I don't think he's the healer of Galilee at all. I think he's a charlatan. Well, uh, let's ask this boy. Let's ask the boy. Well, who is he? Well, that's the boy who was blind, but now he's saying he can see. So let's, this boy's had a subjective experience. Let's ask him. Boy, what do you think? Is he a saint or a sinner? And the boy said, I ain't getting in the weeds with you. I'm just going to tell you my subjective experience where every sense that he put in me, taste, touch, smell, and feel, and eyesight was illuminated. The only thing I can tell you is by my subjective experience. Once I was blind, but now I can see. So without an external object, I have the same experience I had when I saw it. Purely subjective. What did you do? Well, by using my mind, I've gathered up all of these impressions in my mind that my mind can hold. And I realized that fish hanging on the wall, even though I'm a thousand miles away, that fish hanging on the wall is my vital and vivid experience. You see, when I get in the presence of God and when I begin to worship God, guess what the Holy Ghost is doing? Calling up, it's trying to get my mind in that place where I'll start calling up experiences that I've had with God. God wants me to experience his joy. He wants me to experience his peace. He wants me to have a subjective personal relationship with him. I don't care what you think, see. <laughs> see, I don't care what you think. I've been delivered from people. 
and all I want to do is when I get in God's presence, I want to hear him. I want to feel him. I want to see him high and lifted up. I want to touch the hem of his garment. I'm not here to play church. I'm not here to be seen. This ain't about Lloyd Bustard. This is about an encounter that God wants you, 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 every one of you to have because this will keep the song singing in your heart. This will keep you dancing in the middle of the storm. This will give you the strength to keep climbing up the mountain. This will keep you focused so you won't turn around. Oh, taste and see. Touch him. See him. Feel his presence. See, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. I wonder what would happen in the next 20 minutes if we would all just forget about ourselves and just become like Isaiah. Lord, I want to see you. (laughs) Become like the woman with the issue of blood. I'm going to press my way through. You understand? I wonder what would happen if we just be hungry. Because see, that's what the presence of God is all about. God wants you to have as many experiences in his presence as you can have happen in your life. He doesn't want you to waste one service. He doesn't want you to waste one prayer. Come on, people. Get out of the religiosity. Get out of the vain repetitions. And get in the holy of holies. And fall in love with him all over again. See his glory. Feel his virtue see touch the hips hem of his garment (laughs) it's 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 the memory sometimes that keeps me going it's looking back and seeing and thinking and feeling and hearing and touching what he's already done that keeps me going because there's some days that I don't feel like I got a song (laughs) but it ain't over I'm not backslid but I know what to do I just need to think back a little bit I need to think back about God making a way where there was no way 20 years ago I need to think back a bit when God said there's nothing more we can do. I need to think back a bit where God said, where God opened up a door that no man would close. Do you understand that you've got more miracles in your Holy Ghost journal than you're not even taking advantage of it? You're not even thinking about it. You're not even using it. There's things that trigger me. That trigger me tonight. Pastor Jeff telling about Tammy. That triggered me. In a good way. Ooh, that just woke my senses up. And man, I just had, when I, when I listened to you, I just let my faith talk to me. I just let my faith talk to me. I just let Jeff talk to me in the Holy Ghost. And I opened up my spiritual ears, my understanding. I just let my faith grow. My faith has grown the last 30 minutes since I heard that, that t- testimony. You know why? Because it's an impression. It's a miraculous impression of the power of God. You understand? 
And so it tells me that if God healed her, he can heal you. If God cured her of cancer, he can cure you. Oh, come on. We want tumors to disappear tonight. We want cancers to leave. We want hearts conditions to be healed in the name of Jesus. I want to see you go to the doctor next week and the doctor come out smiling at you and say negatory, negative, negative, negative. The tumor's gone. The mass is gone. It's a miracle. I want to see the doctor come out and look you in the eye and say, I don't understand it, but you've got a new heart. There's no blockage. It's healed. It's healed. It's healed. I want to see the doctor come and look at you and say, here's your x-ray. This was before you prayed. This is after you prayed. Look, there's no tumors. Get on your feet and give God praise tonight. Come on, shout to God. Come on, shout to God tonight. Shout to God tonight. This is a brand new breakthrough night. Oh my Lord! It seemed like it seemed like my crazy family was born in miracles. Sit down for a moment. It seemed like we were born in miracles. Even before we were saved, God was working miracles for us. I didn't have no choice but believe God. For what man says is impossible. You know, I'm from a family of 19 kids. I'm number 18. (laughs) Well, all the other spots were filled. I'm glad she had at least 18 or Pam wouldn't enjoy this. Pam wouldn't be enjoying all this stuff here. Locked and loaded, baby. I don't know. I just speak sometimes. (laughs) But the youngest one is my younger brother, Mount Morton. And when he was 18 months old, my dad had this old 59 Pontiac. It was an arc of a car, all steel. You remember what those old 59s were, right? 59 Pontiac. It was no, it was no, yeah. It was Oh, it was big and long. I think about it, I just cringe. Because it was on a Sunday evening, we were getting ready to go to church. And Daddy went out and to the yard. We called up yard, driveway, yard up in Canada where I'm from. He went out the door yard. <laughs> and he got in the car to warm it up. And he was going to turn that big old ark around our driveway. Well, my dad's like me. He never had no neck. I got a little more of a neck than... But my kids used to call me Turtle. Because <laughs> I always wanted the big car. I always had to have a big car when I, was, when I first got married to Pam. I don't know why. I was like Barney Fye. Give me the big car. <laughs> and so my kids called me t- Turtle. I don't like that either. Still don't. I don't even know why I'm ridiculing myself like that. Huh. <laughs> But nobody knew it, but Morton wandered outside when he was 18 months old. On that Sunday afternoon, Daddy was turning that big old car around. 
Somehow Morton wandered behind the car and the car ran over him. Not over his leg or his back, over his head, his skull, 18 months old. Talking to my brother Gary just the other day about it. Gary said, Lord, I remember that clearly. He said, Eugene and I run out and we picked Morton up. The tire mark was on his head. 18 months old, run over by a 59 Pontiac over your skull. They rushed him to the hospital in St. John. Didn't take the doctors very long to diagnose. The doctors immediately looked at him and run some tests. And then came to my father and mother and said, that little baby's going to die. He won't live. And the doctors basically said it will be better for him to die because he's got severe brain damage. And he'll be a vegetable the rest of his life. Sure, people started praying. And praying and praying. And miraculously and mercifully. That young boy was released from the hospital. It don't even make sense. Scientifically, it don't make sense. Scientifically, it's just salt. It's mucus. It's water. But with God, it's a miracle. It's an opportunity to prove and do what man says can't be done. And see, that's the way you've been dealing with your circumstances. You've been looking at it scientifically. And you've been telling yourself, it can't happen. I'm done with. I'm over. I'll never build that business. I'll never have that miracle. My family will never be saved. But if you'd have the mind of Christ right now, the mind of Christ, your whole thinking changes. You start saying, it ain't over. This is an opportunity for me to get a brand new testimony. This is an opportunity for me to testify of the goodness of God. This is an opportunity for God to be glorified in and through my life. And all I have to do is believe. That's all I have to do. Two weeks later, the newspaper came into the hospital and took a picture of Morton. 18 months old, standing up on the crib in the hospital, and the headline said, Miracle Baby. Miracle Baby. (laughs) And now, that Miracle Baby is 60 years old. And he's traveling the world, working miracles in the name of Jesus. Let me close. Albert Einstein, when he was in elementary school, his teacher sent a note home for him to give his mother. Albert Einstein could not read. So he didn't know what the note read. And he gave the note to his mother, Pauline. And he asked, Mom, what did the note say? 
And tears filled his mother's eyes. And she says, come to the music, please. Tears filled Albert's mother's eyes. And she said, oh, son, the note says that you're too smart for the teachers to teach you. There's nothing more they can teach you, son. You're so smart, and you're going to change the world. After his mother's death, Albert Einstein found out what the note really said. And the note really read, his teacher wrote, Albert is dumb. He's too dumb to learn anything. Albert will never amount to nothing. We have Pauline Einstein to thank today because she did not read that negative report. Now, whose report are you going to believe tonight? Are you going to believe the with and the around you, the circumstances? Or are you going to look up? I just feel like something is triggered here tonight. And, and in the spirit realm, I feel like God is just opened up the windows of heaven and it's like he's challenging us prove me test me bring your problems bring your disease bring your worries bring your need Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.